Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Podcast with Melanie Dawn and Tanya Ryan. Welcome back to the Spiritual Boss Podcast. I am Melanie Dawn, and here I am today with Ange Moffat from Wild Sky Sisters. And she's here on a different purpose or reason than the typical one of what we talk about, which is astrology. And we will touch on that. It will always tie in because astrology touches everything. And, and what we're talking about today are the blood mysteries, which deeply ties into the moon cycles. Thank you so much for being here to talk about something that has been taboo throughout the course of my 42 years on this earth and being brave enough to share your story and your personal experiences. And hopefully we'll get some rituals out of this as well, because I know I have a few that I do and I'll share. Hello, I'm so excited to be here. And yeah, I think uh, the sound kind of went out on us. And I feel like that's a kind of an omen or a signal of how powerful this information is. And yet, it's been hidden. And wow. and I think really talked about in a way that is like, uh, you know, taboo, taboo, or people are squeamish about it. I remember when I first got my menstrual cycle, it was like, oh, don't tell anyone try to hide it. You no, know, this this deep piece of like, oh, it's yucky. Yucky was the exact word. And, and I have been on a long journey of reclaiming my, my feminine process with all of that. I, it started with an intense fascination with the female cycle, which I've come to learn and really love as what I call my superpower. And that started in 2007 when I got married and I had to go on and I had been kind of trying out different birth controls and I tried to go on the pill and I, it, it wouldn't like, I literally couldn't take the pill. It was making me crazy. And mm -hmm. I want to reclaim the word crazy also, because that's used a lot of times with our menstrual cycle and crazy yeah. isn't a bad thing, but it is so much a part of the cycle we see the moon changing phases every month, yet we can't uh, accept or even honor a lot of times in ourselves that we might need something different day to day and week to week. Yeah. And, and crazy is usually asking for something, right? Yes. So yes. that's why it's like, oh, you know, hide that aspect of yourself. This is, you know, you're the giver. Don't ask for anything. So there's a lot tied into that title. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so at that time, and really the first book that ever kind of turned me on to the feminine cycle was uh, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And I read that in 2010. And it was a book that like, boom, opened my mind. And at that time, it was like, oh, you shouldn't even be, you know, using this as birth control. And it's like, no, there is a really powerful rhythm inside of us, right, that we can uh, pay attention to the signs and, and symptoms of our body and use it as birth control. And, and so I use it as birth control. I also use it and charted it a lot to conceive my children. Mm -hmm. um, my third one being a girl, which I use their process to actually favor having, having a girl. And wow. so yeah, there's su something so powerful about this monthly rhythm that um, just understanding that men follow a circadian rhythm, which is a 24 hour cycle. So, yeah. we, so they're crazy. Infrared blip. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and the infradian rhythm that exists inside of us 
And there's many different ways that that can, that can come into play, but like that menstrual cycle is such a superpower. And when what, we what, what's it, our rhythm called again? I'm sorry. It's an I'm infra- infradian rhythm. Okay. Rhythm. And what does that mean? So basically anything that's longer than a 24 hour cycle. And so, you know, we can, we can say that, and, and there's so much research, like if you look into the the world of women's health, most of it, like about losing weight and all of these things is actually based on the circadian men's rhythms, right? Mm -hmm. And that was one of, in the last five years that I've really realized, um, I can't lose weight in certain parts of my cycle. And, mm-hmm. and so connecting to, oh, the realization of like throwing out the scale and not paying attention to that, because if I'm trying to say lean down, or maybe, you know, I'm not feeling comfortable in my body, there's only certain parts of your cycle that you can really um, tune in and tap into it because during wow. certain parts, your body's getting ready for a potential pregnancy, right? Yeah. And, and what, what stage or cycle is that in? And does that link up to the moon? Well, see, and here is one of the things that I really feel that people need to throw out the normal cycle thought process, because a lot of people have 28 day cycles, but a lot of people have 30, 35. I'm right. currently on a, I have a 25 day cycle and mm. it, it coming to that when I, before having kids, my cycle was 28 days and coming to that, I was, I was really mad and I get to experience the, the white witch phase, the, the red witch phase, because I've been um, in the last three years, it cycles so much that I change uh, rhythms almost every single moon uh, because wow. of that 25 cycle being shorter. And so I find that my body will hold on from the luteal phase. So the last part of, of your cycle mm-hmm. through the menstruation and the bleeding. And then I will always like drop two pounds right after I am finished the menstruation portion of my mm-hmm. cycle. And so yeah. And, and our body, our body knows. And I think that that's the thing with like, there are no, no normal cycles in a lot of cases also, because we are so inundated with things that are disrupting our endocrine system and everybody's endocrine system is different. That's the coolest thing for me that, um, I've done a lot of research on because my cycle had been so poor and so, um, like heavy, heavy bleeding, I was worried that I was starting to get, you know, some type of cyst and I have had cysts over years. Um, but us being on a computer right now, that affects our endocrine system, which is our hormones, right? So, um, reclaiming and trying to start looking at the things that are affecting me. Um, and the moon cycle in the sky is the light, right? It's the change of the light. It is Mm -hmm. when we have a full moon, it's the sun being reflected and we can see the full moon at that phase of where the planet planetary bodies are. And, and so the, the recognition of knowing that we're always either growing towards something or, you know, waning away from something and whether that be in our cycle, when we ovulate or Mm -hmm. when we bleed, um, that part of the cycle really brings home 
And, and even just knowing those two things, your waxing phase of your period or the moon and the mm-hmm. waning phase, that is super powerful, right? Um, yeah. Something anyone can do without even really charting their cycle. Yeah, it was something that's just to pop in. That's actually how I started was even when COVID hit and we were allowed to stay at home, we were allowed to stay at home. (laughs) I say that with the most irony. Um, But when when I was home full time and I wasn't running around, I wasn't teaching yoga, I didn't feel stressed out. I actually really sunk into what my cycle was telling me. And uh, people who have been in my yoga classes that have held a a standing balancing sequence for three years while I try to gather the the next uh, pose that we were going into as my brain dumped all of its knowledge. I really learned that at the, the first day of my period, I could not teach accurately because my brain was just not linear and I don't have like my thoughts are very all over the place anyways but in that particular day first day of my bleed it was just so predictable and then what another thing that I noticed was that I still had a lot of energy which uh, goes against kind of what I've read is that, oh, when you start bleeding, your energy drops. That's actually not true for me. On the first day to the second day, I have a lot of energy. But then on the third day is what I call my red tent day. And I have, without a doubt, every time on the third day of my bleed, been in some kind of almost a mild depressive state where my body is just asking me to completely slow down and to listen. And so that's what I do. And I am late to the game on this one, which is unfortunate. I know you said you started to look at this in 2007. It wasn't until 2020 that I really started to look at it. And I'm coming into my 43rd year here in March. So my time with my cycle is, you know, winding down. I'm in the, the waning period of my cycle. And for me, it's a bit of a grief because I have spent my whole life not understanding this power that I hold within my cycle that I just recently discovered. And that is kind of why I'm diving into everything is I don't want another woman to spend another day of her life thinking that this is something that is holding her back because this is something that you can use to plan your month around. This is something that you can use to propel your business. This is something that you can use to heal um, relationships, knowing when's the best time to have a conversation in your cycle is pivotal. (laughs) Not cycle day 25 for me. 25 is I will eat you alive and talk to me in a bad way. Um, And it's so funny. My kids know. We talk about our cycles to the point where it's like, mommy's in the monster phase. I need a minute. Like, please. And I, you know, I free bleed and my daughters and my sons sometimes see it. And, And there is this conversation around it that I'm like, wow, I wish... That I'd had that growing up. And, and it's no fault, I don't think, to our parents no. or that generation because it was seen as a, as a cr- crux for people in business. And, you know, it, yeah. it was part of 
I think shying away from it was a part of trying to empower women and it did the exact opposite in a different way. And, and one of the things that you said really hit me, um, I'm just trying to remember exactly how you said it, but we can use our biology to our advantage. And there's a, there's a word or a term called biohacking that I've really been getting into. And it's like, when we can use what we know about our bodies and everyone's are going to be different, throw that word normal out the window. But when we know that, you know, every 28 days, every 25 days, we're going to bleed. And for me, I experienced something similar. That first day is normally not super heavy. Um, I might have a little bit of like grumpiness. My shoulds always come or my, my shures always come out. Like when on day 25, I know my boundaries are being pushed. When someone asks me something and I say, sure, that's a surefire sign for me to like stop. And like, what do I actually want and need? But on day two, I normally have my heaviest part of my cycle. And when I sit down and honor it when I don't push myself, the rest of the cycle is way better than if I have to push through, which I've had to do recently. The rest of my cycle was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like I bled for seven days instead of my usual five days. Um, when I don't honor my body, my body gives me signs. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I just actually, I don't even remember where I saw this information, but for women who are in um, an overworked sort of schedule, not really honoring any of their emotions that are coming through, they are just refusing or denying them, is that they actually suffer from the most intense period cramps out of, you know, the majority of women are the women who are not properly expressing themselves. And that's the body. Like, when we won't get loud, our body will get loud for us. And I've noticed that with so many different things in my life is like, if I'm not standing up and saying, I can't take this on, or I can't do this, your body will do it for you. And everyone will always say, Oh, yeah, I made it through my body just knew uh, I had to get this done. And then right after it crashed. And what does that tell you is like, there's this body is just so intelligent beyond any means uh, that, that we know or have access to. And that is and I hate to bring in astrology, but I always do the Taurus Scorpio access is very much about that. And we're about to head into eclipses that are in Taurus and Scorpio. And Taurus is about fertility and Scorpio is about um, like reproduction. It it has to do with all of our reproductive um, organs and how we excrete. And one of the biggest things about our period is that when we bleed, we are removing toxins. All of the toxins that we potentially have no idea about are actually being shed from our body in a way we absorb it. It's very interesting because I talked about um, endocrine disruptors, but they're everywhere, right? They're in our beauty products. They're um, one of the things that I've been researching is how much alcohol actually affects our hormones. And it's a big sugar is also right tied in there. But I was reading and researching and it was like, you know, this wave of us all using hand sanitizer our biggest organ is our skin and that hand sanitizer. I've talked to more people in the last couple of months that have said my cycle is shortened and that I bet you has to do with hand sanitizer. 
Isn't will... that wild? I, for one, I did not use hand sanitizer unless I like wouldn't be allowed into someplace. It smells like it's wrong and everything about it, my body just says wrong. So I was like, could you trust me to be an adult enough to go wash my hands, please? And that's what I will do. But wow. And what about, as you were talking, what about, um, cause I had this, uh, my, my doctor and this is like not to jump on the last two years train, but this is where in 2015 or 14, somewhere in there, my doctor who I love and adore told me you should get an IUD. I was fine on the pill, which in, in reality, looking back now that I know myself off of the pill, I was not fine on the pill. I'd just been on the pill for so long that that was my fine. And then she said, you should really get an IUD. You know, your benefits are going to be running out. It's expensive. Birth control is expensive. This, she had a laundry list of why I should do that. And I was like, my body said no. And uh, back then, 2014 Mel didn't listen. So <laughs> 2014 to 16 Mel did not listen. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, reasonable things, all logical. I'm going to do this. My body rejected it from day one. Any of uh, my intimate moments looked like someone had mass murdered someone. And it actually trapped me in a bad relationship for a long time because I was afraid to to have that intimacy and, you know, have a new partner that you'd have to explain like, hey, this is going on. It's normal. And, and even you think about the, the safety factors of that as well. It was not normal and it wasn't right. I ended up getting it taken out. But what about these women who have these, uh, you know, bleed blockers in for years on end? And that was what came up in the priestess path is that there were women there that didn't even know their cycle. And it was just such a powerful thing. So that's what inspired me is the priestess path and our own um, because our journey there together is decades apart in ages. And just watching the women who have are already post bleed and then the women who were in fertility years becoming mothers trying not to become have any more children it was it, it was mind blowing to me how it's so normal for us to disrupt our cycle yeah it's so normal and we have it in every you know everyone has a a cell phone which is the blue light you know that literally affects us on such a level that we don't, I think, even quite know the the full impacts of that. But I have a similar story. And, and actually, I dated a guy in high school who his father had a PMU farm. And a PMU farm was back in the day to make the pills. They had hormones from the horses. And seeing the way that those horses were treated and, and the fact that that was actually in birth control, I, I started to question it even in high school. Cause I was like, Whoa, but there, yes, there's something so unnatural. And, and there's many reasons why we might need to be on birth control, which I want to validate. And if you are that, that is okay too. Coming off of it could feel very scary. And there's a couple of really powerful healers out there and information out there to kind of help guide that process. Because if you've been on it for your whole lifetime, that's a really, and, I, and my mom has said to me many times, this is the way that I went back to work, like having birth control and, and being empowered 
um, there's so many things that we don't talk about. And even like just what's popping in my mind, like how many people haven't don't have sex when they're bleeding because it's yucky. And, and there, you know, there, there's so many parts of, I always feel women. I always feel so week leading up to my bleed. I I loathe my partner. I have me and my friend have a running joke, and we have this invisible. Well, it actually does exist in in real life, but it's called the Book of Mortal Enemies, and we're like Jai's in the Book of Mortal Enemies, or what you know, or whatever. Her partner's going in the Book of Mortal Enemies, and then by the day of the bleed, I'm like. I love you. <laughs> and so then I feel more intimate again. So we usually reconnect over that time, which I know is probably weird for a lot of people to hear, but that is like the moment he hears that he's like, yes, <laughs> I'm in the clear. Yes. And I, I, I must admit like for myself, I love sex during that time, but it's been a real process of like unlearning. This is so dirty. And, you know, just having to um, really, reevaluate the hygiene that happens around that. So um, it is so interesting though, how much our blood that we shed, how powerful and nutrient full it also is. It is eliminating toxins, but that's one of the things that I've actually used it for gardening. And my husband jokes because I have one tree in the yard that I actually bring my blood to on quite a regular basis. And it's not doing so well. And he's like, you killed the tree. And I was like, yes, there is. If you don't water it down, it can be mm, too powerful. Um, But there is something so strong also about like creating with this thing that could have created a baby, uh, but didn't. And and the magic that is inside of that as well, right? Like the thought process of, and I, at 40 years old, I'm going to cry still would like to have another baby. And so I think of my cycle and my bleed every single month as a chance to create something outside of that, a chance to create something with my children that I already have, even though I would love to have another kiddo, um, that ship has pretty much sailed. I won't, I never say never because that's when it'll happen, but, um, yeah, there is this deep part of that process that is tied to our creativity. The womb is so tied to our creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if you don't have the physical womb, you still have the energetic imprint of the womb. Your body still recognizes the energetic imprint of the womb. When you're working with your cycle, and I know you've got this all mapped out, but our cycles share certain, like every phase has a certain superpower to it. Would you mind going into a little bit about the cycles or the phases that happen within our 28 or, you know, whatever cycle you're working with, some will go on longer, some certain phases will go on longer, some will be shorter, depending on what you've what you're working with in your body. If you are coming off of birth control, if you've been off it for a while, for me right now, I've been off of it since 20. 19 or 2018 and uh i noticed that my mood swings are not as dramatic for sure uh i could associate with the crazy feeling on birth control but before i would have called that normal and it always pointed to a wound that had yet to be healed this crazy wasn't coming from nowhere it was always that i wasn't looking and something needed to be healed so if that's something that you're going through there is always uh, it makes sense once you get to the bottom of it. If you say, what is behind this? What is behind this 
um, intense reaction that I'm having, what's deeper, go deeper. That's where I found um, the medicine for my wound. Oh, yes. And, and what a powerful, powerful thing. So I'm just pulling up. I have one of my favorite, I have like so many book recommendations that I could make. One of my favorites is uh, Red Code by Lisa Lister. And she writes a book on, um, it's called Witch as well. Uh, and I just want to use this to make sure that I'm getting it right so that I'm not going out of order. Um, while you're looking, I'll touch on a little bit about the ritual that Ange was talking about is um, when we capture our blood and, and share it with plant allies, it is so nutrient dense. And like she said, it can, and this is just like using a ton of nitrogen on a lawn, you can burn it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if it's nutrient dense and you're watering your plants with it or, or using it in your watering schedule, you're actually giving back to the earth. And that's what we would do had this have come into fruition instead of coming into a bleed you would have been giving back to the earth through the creation of a child so this is that's that the power and intensity that goes behind uh that blood ritual in itself oh we still have you on mute there i think sorry <laughs> Um, I we have a full thing on here that talks about the and coordinates it to the um, moon cycle as well. So one of the uh, deepest pieces of of our cycle, and I guess we'll probably start with actually when we're bleeding. Um, and two seconds. I'm sorry, Mel. No worries. And when when uh, I was having all of this grief around not being able to tie my power to my cycle anymore, the more I sink into that is that, and, and this always made me feel a lot better too, is that instead of uh, being a woman of the world, you then become a woman in the world. You become a sovereign being. You're no longer being asked to give and you're really able to sink into the energy energy of receiving when you go into that later phase of life. Oh, yes. So I'm sorry, I was going to start with uh, menstruation. and I'm not I, I'm going to talk about the cycle in the terms of pre ovulation. So right after you've had a bleed um, in her book, she calls it like a virgin and that mm -hmm. new starting energy, the energy of like, you know, really action and drive this coordinates to in the sky, the, the waxing crescent moon. Mm -hmm. And that first phase of like, everything is a little bit easier. It's more the maiden type of energy, right? Yeah. Optimistic. Um, yes. Yeah. So optimistic. And, and when we think about it in terms of our bodies, also like that process of moving towards um, ovulation, Mm -hmm. which is this huge thing in our, in our body. And in the book here, she calls it the queen of freaking everything, which I love. Um, that can be such a powerful time of real, like going out and getting what we want and seeing some of the reward, right? Wow. Yeah. So use that as time to pitch. If you have anything coming up or if you're calling anything in when you're, is it, that's the ovulation phase? Yes. So yeah. that is the actual ovulation, the queen of freaking everything, <laughs> queen of freaking everything. I wish, you know, and, and 
you can say like, oh, I wish that I was in that a little bit more, but it also is a powerful energy where if you were in that phase for too long, it also feels uncomfortable, right? Mm -hmm. There is a, there is a accumulation point or a tipping point to everything that we experience in our life. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but for me, I experience ovulation. I actually, it's one of my most painful days of my cycle. I actually get um, pains when I'm ovulating. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I'm not in that in touch yet to see that. I've never really had a painful period at, uh, post my teenage years. Everything has been, aside from, I don't know, there could have been something really disruptive going on because my breasts were getting really sore. And at that time, I was getting uh, quite painful periods. But that was a, like a flash in the pan. I don't know what was happening then. Of course, it happened during COVID, so it could be a multitude of things. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of the time, I, I don't notice. Yeah. But you can track that, right? Like this is something that is easily tracked. I have an app called MyFlow. It's free and it's got tons of information. She also has an upgraded membership that will give you um, so much more valuable insight on it. But I find the free version is like she'll tell you this is a great time to do this. These are exercises that you could be doing. These are foods that you should be eating. And it's just so all-encompassing is that we need to really know how to work with the the cycle in order to be able to activate the super codes what the a, there's so many powerful i think stardust is one of the ones that i really like that you can actually like sync with other people um so that they know like where you are in your cycle what oh, I love this one this one will send an email to my partner <laughs> it will give him a heads up morning yeah <laughs> Oh, warning, warning, please be very gentle and kind. Book of uh, mortal enemy time. <laughs> for behavior. And and I was going to say that ovulation period also is a really great time. And, and most people around 14 days-ish, that's 14 days in their cycle. Um, it, it, it really is like a fire type of energy time and a great time for creating in, mm. in the book here. She calls it the creatrix as well. And, and I... There's such a deep piece of that time that is like when we harness it and we've really replenished our bodies during that bleed, that first 14 days is like, woo, like, you know, really um, on the up and up in a lot of different ways. The next phase that we then go into is premenstruation, which she calls in the book, Lisa Lister calls uh, charmed and dangerous. Yes. <laughs> This is the part of our phase that is like, I am my, I'm the wisest person in my life. She calls it the mm -hmm. wise, wild woman. And it's like, when we can honor that inner, um, the inner saboteur, the inner uh, critic, as it's coming up for us, there is a deep way that we are able to see things for what they are during the first part of our cycle. It's like, you know, we're really optimistic about things or can be more optimistic. And we, when we get into that charmed and dangerous phase, it's like it, it, no BS, right? Like the BS yeah. is out the window and we're not, we're not um, accepting as much from other people. As you're saying that it makes me think that 
so the, there's the naivety of the earlier phases. There is the high of the second phase. And then as I come into that part where I would literally eat the head of my partner is that of all the people that I would let cross my boundaries, it's him. Yeah. <laughs> and so during that time, I probably see how I've been I've left a gate open and how I've just let him come back and forth, back and forth. And the anger probably is really directed at my own naive self of earlier days is like, how dare you? But really, how dare you with 10 fingers pointing back at me? And that, and that's what I, I'm listening right now, just going, oh, wow, that's probably what it is, is that I have eyes that see in this time and ears that listen. And, and they're always there, but we tend to, (laughs) we tend to put up with more because we might want something different in the moment. Right. And, and that feeling of optimism or growth going towards something is very different than the yin energy. What we would call it in the sky, that premenstrual energy is the waning phase, Mm -hmm. right? It's the moon getting smaller. It's the releasing and letting go And our hormones are shifting so much at that point that we get more of the testosterone, I believe, so that it is, we, we take more authority, right? We're able to stand up and, and bring about a stronger, uh, critic and that can be outward and inward. Uh, mine goes very deeply inward at that time. That's the time Mm -hmm. where you need to have that friend that when you're second guessing, and it's so funny because this is the phase I'm in right now. And it's so, uh, of course, this morning I was like, our business is never going to grow. And, and, oh. you know, I, we're not receiving what I, I'm not where I want to be. And yeah. it's like, we second guess ourselves during that phase, I think a lot more um, than the others. And then, and then it's time for the red river. Um, mm-hmm. It's time for menstruation. And she calls this archetype, the crone archetype, right? It's the season of winter. It is the going within it's the darker new moon. And I was actually born just after a new moon. And I really resonate with this energy of the, like my favorite thing is to curl up in my bed with a weighted blanket and my favorite tea and to honor my body and how tired it probably is from the month. And I'm crying because that energy is the feeling of we are whole with nature to Mm -hmm. bleed like that is a superpower. And it's a place of each month I grieve the thought process of I could have birthed a baby. And Mm -hmm. I know in this world of swirling, changing genders or blurring lines with things, which at times I have questions deeply in myself as well, because I, I feel so much masculine inside of me, just as much masculine as feminine, but we all have both. And so this is the time when I realize that my God given gift of being able to have a menstrual cycle and birth a baby, those were the most powerful times. Um, so anyone who has given birth to, to a child knows uh, that feeling of right before you're about to, you know, have your cycle and you don't. Um, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, I just was making some notes as you were talking, and I always like to look for the symbolism behind the words and everything that you were saying. So I have four different phases. It started when you went into the wild woman. I was like, wow, this is the energy of that. And when we're in our earlier phase of our cycle, this is like the I am here to collaborate. We are willing to go the extra mile. And then I am here to give. I'm willing to do more at our ovulation phase. And then in, into the uh, I don't need anyone. <laughs> That's the right. Right after I'm ovulating and I've received what I need, I don't need anyone. And then as you go into this, I stand on my own. I, I was like, I stand on my own. And I know that's where I'm headed as I stand on my own. And it is like, it is going to be such a powerful time. But I, I really want to get this message out there for any woman who is still at war with her cycle that this is your God given, divine given gift, however you want to relate it from above. This is a tool of power, something that you have been systematically shamed away from, something that you have been programmed to think is dirty, that you should be embarrassed about it, that it makes you weaker. This is the exact opposite of what is happening to you every day of your life is that there is some aspect of power that we are missing. So what I like to do now is whatever the world is telling me, I take the opposite message because <laughs> it's typically it, it is to make you more malleable, make you more docile. That is take the opposite message if it feels right. Do the opposite. And one of the things that stands out so much for me from my teenage years, like when you said that it was actually an empowering tool to have this birth control, it was empowering to have tampons be made. I specifically remember a Tampax commercial where the woman was playing tennis on her period, having the time of her life wearing white. And it was all of that messaging. And white is in direct contrast to the red tent. Like, and if you haven't read The Red Tent, uh, please do. Powerful book. I haven't read it in a number of years, probably a decade, but it changed the way I looked at my cycle. Although I didn't put anything into practice, it always sat in the back of my mind. It was a seed that germinated. It took a long time, but eventually it started to, to sprout and grow roots. So if that's where you want to start out, there are lots of other um, books that Ange has mentioned as well. And I, I will We'll post them in if you want to just shoot me them after and I will post them in the notes or the comments of our um, our podcast as well and I yeah. would love to just yeah can you imagine a world where we honored our bodies and women didn't go to work on that one day that they really felt um, for me, it's like day two for you. I yeah. think it's like day, day three. three. Yeah. Me and my sister, we, 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 we try to plan within this, but we don't specifically sync it. And then, but we honor each other. If we're supposed to meet on a day that one of us is bleeding, we will say, I'm bleeding. I'm sorry. It's not going to work today. And, and that flexibility, I, I wish that for everyone. I was also going to say, we'll um, become the teachers of that as we reclaim it. We become the teachers of that. Yeah. And, and knowing that we don't always have to be doing and that we can 
rest and rejuvenate because it gives us such a stronger energy than when we are going forward. And just to really succinctly, you know, the our pre-ovulation or what we call spring is days typically seven to 13. And then we have ovulation or what we call summer. So it's really easy to imagine the energy when you think yeah. spring, summer, that's 14 to 20. And then we go pre-menstruation or fall, days 21 to 28. And then our menstruation winter is the days one to six. Mm -hmm. And of course, everyone's is different, but just following that and thinking, what do I want to do in winter? I want to hibernate mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Like that energy can be so strong. And I I would be remiss to also say that Alisa Vittel has been a, a really big um, mentor for me. She has a couple different books, I think w women's code and in the flow. And those books changed my, even though I've been doing this for a long time, they changed my life because they talked about the real pieces of how our hormones affect us and why they do and what is going on in the world that really changes all of those things. So I, um, I'll send you a list of all the, all the other ones that I would recommend. And, um, yeah, we need more conversations of this because, and I'm planning to go in and hopefully do moon type menstrual circles for school, um, for my daughter, mm -hmm. like she's a little bit young, but I'd like to do it in that age range of eight to 13, um, to try to help give that I know there's lots of people who are doing the the boxes now of like the celebration and ritual around getting mm -hmm. your cycle. Um, but I want to help change. Um, if you know any young girl, like just talk to her about her period and ask her, yeah. you know what it's like for her because it is a just like, you know, the maiden to mother, it is a shift when we start to bleed. It's that big shift. You feel it as a child, like, uh, you know, I guess as a child going into being a, a adolescent or teenager, my, um, my mom and dad had left on holidays and I was with an older relative who I didn't know well at all. And a uh, really huge age gap between me and her. Um, I ended up getting my first bleed while they were away. And I had, I had, my mom was very open. I, she probably will hate that I'm saying this, but I saw her, you know, take care of herself. So I knew what to do, but then it was, I'll tell you a funny story too. I was like, oh my God, I was felt so ashamed, but, um, I was an ugly duckling as a child, never really got much attention. And then I started my bleed and I took myself out for a walk down to the Mac store and there was a basketball court right across from it and there were boys playing basketball and they cat called me and I knew instinctively I wasn't this was just me little girl I was 12 I think and uh, I knew instantly that they were like they had sensed or smelled in some sort of way that I had just become eligible to bleed like it was it little 12 year old me knew that because I was listening. I was like, this is something that's never happened to you before. This is what they are sensing is that you are 
now able to birth and this makes you sexual right you come you come into your sexual era and if we don't have conversations and and i'm so glad that you come back to this because if we don't have conversations about this freely with uh, our partners whether they're masculine or feminine with our children then we just continue to perpetuate the shame and we continue to disempower women around their cycle if we are encouraging girls and and young ladies coming into their cycle to create a sisterhood of like what you and your sister have, oh, you're bleeding. Okay. Let's reschedule. You know, that's, it's the same I have with my friend that I work with quite often is, oh, you're on. And I just, all I text her is red tent uh, or day three. And she knows. Yeah. Code words, red tent, day three, anything. Um, when you get to know yourself, you, you, you learn that it's not an excuse that this is actually something that is systematically happening within your body. It's not something that you're making up. You're not crazy. This is the the science behind being born a woman with uh, the womb. Oh, mic drop. That literally is it. And And when we can honor those cycles that are so present and inside of us, then we can honor them outside of us as well. And, and it is really about what you just said, like the community piece of it, like honoring exactly where everybody else is at. Right. Like, and that we'll be at different parts of our phases. Right. I almost wonder, as I was saying that, I almost wonder if there was a safety aspect um, handed down to us from our mothers and our mother's mothers is that when we started to bleed, given what happened to me, is that it was to be kept a secret to keep us safe. Right. I, I, that's where my mind just went. But what if, what if we started to create a society that instead of throwing sweet 16 birthday parties for girls, they started to throw red tent parties for girls or red tent celebrations or sacred blood ritual, something to initiate and, and to honor this young lady. And again, uh, being a woman my whole life, aspects of safety come up for me. Do I want everyone to know like that is there are so much around that, but we are, we are safe. We are becoming more empowered. We listen to our intuition, which makes us safe. And so if we were to celebrate these young women as they cross the threshold into this time, what kind of life would they go on to live after that? I think think about my first I'm like, no, don't tell anyone. Don't say anything. You're all alone was the whole message. Uh, yeah. And suffer, suffer, suffer in yeah. silence. And, and that, and I think also there's a big myth around like, oh, it should be painful or you should have PMS. And it's like, when mm-hmm. we are really caring for our bodies, I don't think that that is always true. Yes. There's not always cases. Yeah. Not yeah. to the extent that it has been. And, and I, and I really think of, I, you know, every young girl probably has the story of they bled through their pants at school. Yes. So embarrassing. I I can, I literally remember the pants that I was wearing. I could, I can see the visual of it and everybody laughing. Um, Mm. Luckily, like my boyfriend at the time, like took me home and it it was okay. And I, I just think of if we had normalized it and, and really like if I had had this conversation around that it was okay and that it was normal and that everybody did it, what a different, um, what a different thing it would be. 
And I hope for that for my daughter. She already, you know, she talks about it all the time. She's very, we just had 10 puppies here. So she's very interested in birth. And so she's been asking, like, yeah, yeah, every time I bleed, you know, that's because mommy didn't have a baby. And so she kind of is Hmm. thinking about some of those things. And so um, it's so interesting. It's so, it's a fascination of mine that I hope that um, we really can change the way we we talk about it because it is your gosh darn <laughs> superpower. It really, really is. Yeah. And, and I was also going to mention if you're if you're past the point of bleeding, you can use the cycle. Now maybe tune into your body and energetically you're having the same four phases: the the spring, the the summer, the fall, the winter. But you can use the moon to to go through that cycle so Mm -hmm. allowing the light of the moon to bring forth if you're not actually bleeding if you're past that point you can use the moon um to call in those cycles for yourself and I know many women who enjoy that yeah thank you for that because that you actually touched on what I wanted to ask you about because I'm going there so I don't know what that looks like there yes. too. <laughs> people all get there I you know it's funny because I I actually think there is um I'm trying to remember her name she has the book call of the wild uh Kimberly Ann Johnson and she has been a real big proponent of talking about this pre-menopausal um and for some people that can start as early as 40 and, mm-hmm. and so there is a deep grief and, and a letting go that is the fall phase really, right? The pre anyway, the fall phase of our, our cycle. And we gain wisdom with, um, with losing that ability. And I see it so deeply in my mother, like the, the transition from bleeding to not bleeding, there is a, a crone wisdom that exists inside of that. Um, and I, I can feel it so deeply in my life, like just my daughter coming into her own and being full time in school and like the the mothering requirements being less of me. Every stage of that is a deep grief, but also a celebration. And yeah. Yeah, yeah it is um, the crone period. And there was in the priestess path there was a real strong feeling towards the word crone and I, I love it to me. I'm like, yes, give me all the, (laughs) but if you've grown up and been kind of conditioned to believe that the crone is the witch that lives in the woods and she eats children and she has a crooked nose and all of that stuff, this is, that's the, the imagery that you attach to the energy, but the energy is just wise beyond self wise beyond what learned knowledge crone energy is everything (laughs) and the d the deconditioning of we really are an ageist society and oftentimes we talk so much about like we don't care for our elders like most cultures do right and so there's a deep piece of yeah like do i want to be this you know and and women we haven't been allowed to age in public there's yeah. all of these different things thrown at us. You need this eye cream. You need this whatever. Mm-hmm. And I I rebel against that thought. I think that women who are aging, like I, my, my sister's hair had started to turn um, like silver. And I was like, I want mine to. Like, I can't wait for that. And <laughs> I understand and accept that lots of people, um, 
it's, it's just like anything, right? Like anything we've been conditioned to aging isn't good. Only, you know, the, the maiden is the ideal energy or, um, ideal. And why, why? Because yeah. they're malleable and optimistic. <laughs> they are not the wild woman who says, I will not stand for whatever. Yeah. The wild woman is scary. Yes. And and we have been oppressed and pushed down in every way because they want to keep us small. And mm-hmm. And I'm not meaning us men even. It's like really as a society... The overall energy. Women work just as hard at this as men do. And I say that all the time. I'm like, the patriarchy and the patriarchy system is not perpetuated by the masculine. We have played an equal role. We signed on and said, yep, we're here for this. And that is like, it is absolutely has nothing to do with the masculine pushing it at all. It is, it was a joint endeavor for both parts is like, that's how I've always seen it. I I believe that women are too powerful to have ever um, had it taken. I think that we were like, yeah, I'm ready for you to step up. And then we gave too much. And then this is where we are. And now we're finding that dance of, the beautiful union between masculine and feminine. Cause we're, none of us are separate truly. Right. right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I um, also have a lot of masculine energy in me too. And something that I've worked with my whole life is feeling way more masculine than I am feminine. You wouldn't know what to look at me, but as a child, I, like I I said to my partner as a child, if I had have known all those things, like I really related to boys. They were all my best friends. If you look in my baby book, my first best friend's name was Kevin. And I just always felt drawn to being around the boys, boy energy. Like, I don't know Oh, uh, if I would be who I am today, had I known all the things that everyone's getting now, because I did really, um, the, the clothes I wore, man, I should post a picture of baby Mel. <laughs> baby oh my God, Mel. I'm looking, at my, I'm looking at mine right now. I have a baseball cap on and yeah. 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 The, Just in that masculine energy. Yeah. And I was and, the one dropping off the roofs. <laughs> Yes. And I think a big part of that is like, we sometimes felt like we maybe had to assert ourselves too, right? Like this is what would maybe keep me safe is to step into the masculine more. And, and I, I, the exact same thing. Yeah. And, I think, and leaning into the both, of it, like leaning into the balance between those two has been life changing for me because it's like honoring the inner little boy inside of me there was one for sure yeah wildest (laughs) I think that uh I think my leaning towards the masculine is an inherited belief of that my mom never had trusted relationships with women they were always ended in pain and so I I inherited that through even just cellular memory it's taken me four decades to is, am I important? Yeah. For, forgive me. I'm 42. <laughs> it's taken me this long to really start to trust that women want the best for me and that I want the best for them. And I'm an equal player in that as well, playing on both sides of that. I'm definitely not pointing it at anyone else because I've done all the things that I fear. 
And I think that those inherited wounds also put us into our masculine as well, because it was the only thing we trusted. Yeah, yes. And it's a very intelligent part of ourselves to try to keep ourselves safe. When yeah. we and when we can move it from not love into love, we know that we are all connected and that it is divine, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. We could have a whole nother podcast. On that. <laughs> well, I was just thinking <laughs> there's so many different pieces of like the, the aging and beauty piece really is something I've been looking at a lot lately because, you know, there, there's a part that I rebelled, like, I'm not going to do any beauty things for a while. And then it's like, no, that actually like, so it is a fine balance between the yeah. two, right? Like, what brings me real joy? Yes. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Is for, this yeah. authentic in my body yeah. and for me? And I still feel like I don't fully know that because yeah. we've been conditioned so deeply, right? Like, right. Uh, for me, I you won't we will rarely see me um, without my sacred uh, ritual on. Is that when I'm getting ready? Oh, my intuitive self is there. I have a notebook because. As I am like paying attention to myself, I am just really spending time with only me as I decorate myself and I am getting ready for presentation of myself. That is when my intuition is at its highest, always. Interesting. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so just knowing why you do what you do, are you doing it for others or are you doing it for yourself? And I, I yeah, we'll have, I'll have you back on end if you want to come on. Cause I think age and beauty is another one that we could easily tackle. Cause it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Mm. Ton. Getting older. It's not easy. It's a very hard, hard thing. I, and I, I'm really living the cycles of that, like with my kids getting older and it's just like, each time you have a last that you don't yeah little death last yeah a thousand little deaths that's it just is that's what i there's discansos um the thousand little deaths ritual inside the women who run with wolves and i think about that often as different phases of my life even within business but especially as uh, a woman who has birthed children that are more and more every day becoming independent and less dependent on you that it's if there's a grief attached to that or you see them suffer and in some way you've done this like there's so much grief attached to having your heart inside another body outside of you so much grief yeah yeah I so my son is 11 he'll be 12 in December And he's just experienced his Jupiter return, which is oftentimes really when they come into that, like that is the the right and ritual passage of getting your menstruation on the other side for boys at 12, they become this different, they detach from the mother. And that's actually a very, very important stage for them to go out Mm -hmm. and assert themselves. And so it's been really hard and he is so much like me. In astrology, we both, I had him right on my Saturn return. So there is something karmically, we're both, um, so you said, you know, seeing something happen that you played a part in. And it's like, we do it a lot of times to keep them safe or thinking, 
that they, you know, we want to protect them from something. And in the end, they have their own higher power. They have Mm -hmm. their own God that whatever that becomes or however they connect to it spiritually is very interesting. And I'm really seeing like he is, he is more spiritual than I think. And that's super cool, right? Mm -hmm. So the trust, trust is a very, yeah, I want to control it all for him. And Mm -hmm. I can't. He is yeah. his own person. Yeah. Yeah. It, they are the greatest teachers. They really are our true teachers, but they also don't have a consequence brain. So there's some kind of some kind of balance we have to find just to keep them alive. Oh, and when I was 12, I was drinking and doing drugs and I was oh, very, God, very yeah. bad. Yeah, Yeah, I started that at 13, but I think like at 13 years old, it's just and you don't want that for them. But I, you know, I, I feel like I have made a life for myself. And I, I went from doing things that made me feel ashamed about who I was and harming myself to being a woman who campaigns for others to love themselves harder. So it can, you know, I do believe that our, our hardest parts of our lives become the light of our life. We have to go through it in order to get Mm. to where we're going. Truly. Truly. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much, Ange, for spending your afternoon with me and sharing your knowledge on uh, the blood mysteries, which is something that I have um, just started to dabble in. I will definitely uh, post your books and buy your books <laughs> that you're recommending. And um, yeah, we'll t- we'll touch again if you're open to it on Age and Beauty. That would be something that we can look forward to coming up. And listeners of the Spiritual Boss podcast, if you have any rich that you would like to share surrounding your monthly moon. I, uh, for one, I do my red tent day just like Ange. If I am not called to do anything, I will lay in bed or I will sit and watch garbage TV all day long. I give myself permission to just completely do everything that makes no sense. Because <laughs> everything about my life is pretty planned. Otherwise, I'm like, this is my time to just receive anything I want. I love that. I saw you you were nodding at the garbage TV. (laughs) I don't watch TV barely at all, but that is something that like, for me, it would be reality TV. Right. That's what I do too, because I'm such a creep. I'm like, Oh my God, I can see (laughs) their wound. I can see their wound. Same. So that's, that's, that's what I'll be binging is typically something like love is blind as I'm on my moon. Oh my (laughs) God. I like, um, MTV road rules. Do you remember that? And then it was was, turned into the challenge. And so Mm -hmm. I like competition. Like that's a big part. Like I want to see people like fight and competition. (laughs) That's the masculine. Embarrassing, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. If you have a ritual, you definitely pop it in under our Instagram, or I think you can even comment under Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. And if you want to hear from us on Age and Beauty, definitely let me know. Emails are always welcome at the spiritual boss podcast at gmail.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you once again. We'll see you soon. Peace in, peace out.